Welcome to Photo Taco, the only show with photography tips you can learn in the time it takes to eat a taco. Or perhaps a burrito. Photo Taco! Hey everybody, welcome into another episode of Photo Taco. I'm your host, Jeff Harmon. Thanks so much for spending a few minutes of your day with me. Extremely excited to have a repeat guest host with me today, Victoria Bampton, also known as the Lightroom Queen. Hi there, Victoria. Welcome back to Photo Taco. Thank you for having me. All right. If for some reason you don't already know about the tremendous resource that Victoria has over at her website, lightroomqueen.com, I can tell you that is a must visit for all things Lightroom. I'm a frequent visitor and know a lot of my knowledge of Lightroom to not only her fabulous website, but also her Lightroom, The Missing Fact Book. She's had this on there on her site and available for quite a few years now. And there's a brand new update to it, isn't there, uh, Victoria? Yes, the Lightroom Classic one came out a couple of weeks ago. Okay, so why don't you tell us just a little bit about these Lightroom The Missing Fact Books? Sure. Yeah, they were built entirely around feedback from readers. So with each release, I've gone back and tweaked things that people have said they didn't quite understand or they'd like to understand better. And I've tried to include something for everyone so everyone can build their knowledge quite gradually. So there's fast track tutorials for new Lightroom users to help them grasp the basics and avoid problems. Then there's Q&A style reference information in between for ones who are getting a little bit more comfortable with Lightroom. And then for the advanced users, there's all the really geeky detail. <laughs> right. there's, there's the diagrams showing exactly how Lightroom works behind the scenes. So you can really tweak Lightroom to get the best out of it. That's the part for me. Yeah, it's <laughs> the part for a lot of people. That's, that's what everyone seems to love. And as... Adobe's adding new features to Lightroom regularly. I also include a year's updates and email support as well. So if there's something in the book that you don't quite understand, you can drop me an email. And it's only a low upgrade cost to stay updated. So you're not having to buy a whole new book every year just because Adobe's added a new feature. And there's a new one coming out soon for Lightroom CC, the new cloud app. Um, that one's going to be more focused on editing and how you decide what to do with a photograph because obviously there's a lot less technical information needed for that particular program perfect yeah it's it's a tremendous resource and i've i've been like i said i've been following the books for a, a while ever since i found your website uh several years ago um they've been really valuable it's, it's amazing kind of to see the work that ob it's obvious there's a lot of work that goes into it because like you said there's there's different uh ways to approach the topics you have kind of for the beginner you have someone for a bit more advanced but maybe having some trouble with those the q a reference stuff and then the really super geeky stuff if someone wants to get into it and it's it's uh really organized well too like as you're presenting the topics you have lots of instructions about where to go if you want more information on that specific topic later in the book and it just flows and fits all nicely well together it's, it's a fabulous book oh thank you very much yeah and uh you know my favorite section out of it just to give the listeners an idea there's a detail sharpening and noise reduction section that is probably the very best coverage I have seen about what all those sliders mean and what do they do in Lightroom, which is you know a challenge I faced when I was doing it. I've, I, I learned a lot about how to use Lightroom on my own. There's a bunch of it that's pretty self-explanatory, but that section, that part, that panel in Lightroom was kind of mysterious to me. Like, what is this slider even doing? Especially because some of them, as you're using them, it's hard to tell that there's even indifference in the photo. And, yeah, uh, that's absolutely 
Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I was going to say that's absolutely right. And where I've been able to talk to a lot of the engineers on a lot of this stuff, you can actually see how things are happening behind the scenes. Sure. Yeah. So that, it really helped. It, it explained a lot. Like, well, that slider is not going to matter because this isn't a really high ISO photo. It just doesn't have a lot of terrible noise in it. And therefore, that slider is not really helping much on this particular photo. So you, you can kind of understand what the sliders mean and, and what they do. It's, it's a really great reference and, and it's really helped me a lot. So fabulous, uh, fabulous work there, Victoria. Thank you. All right. I have six questions that I want to get to um, that we've come up with. And I asked some of the listeners in the Facebook group what it was they wanted to hear. And so it, I, I actually created my questions myself first. All six were the questions that I wanted to go through. And then that uh, fed in from some of the listener questions. They had some of the same ones that I thought we should go through. So there's a, a good synergy from the listeners and uh, what, what we're doing on this episode. So let's jump right in. First question, um, number one. Uh, so in the latter half of 2017, Adobe released some pretty significant updates to Photoshop line of products. And we've had numerous discussions in the various podcasts here on the Improved Photography Network about the changes, uh, bringing the mobile experience to the computer with the all new Lightroom CC, essentially, and renaming Lightroom um, that's been around for years to Lightroom Classic CC. And that was the news that caught really mixed reviews, actually more on the like negative, concerned end, because um, when you name something classic, they're worried that that's going to be phased out soon or there's going to be a problem, especially when a lot of the photographers, they kind of like the, the UI and the simpleness of Lightroom CC, but the storage is a problem, which we're going to talk about in the next question. So Victoria, what are your thoughts on the future of the two Lightroom applications on the computer? Well, the, the changes were always going to cause an immense amount of confusion. Um, but I think the amount of angst that went along with it was quite avoidable. The, <laughs> the changes themselves aren't actually that bad, but they were communicated really, really badly. And people got upset and there was a lot of fear and uncertainty and doubt and people were stirring and, and it all got quite out of hand. Um, at the end of the day, I, I'm not worried and my livelihood is based on Lightroom, so if <laughs> right. anyone should be if anyone should be worried, it should be me. Um, but I don't actually think there's anything to panic about. Um, they're in the business of making money, and they're very, very good at that. Uh, so I can't see that they're going to throw away millions of existing Lightroom users without offering a suitable alternative product. And Lightroom CC is not that suitable alternative product, right. at least at this point in time. Right. They've they've just seen a gap in the market. They've seen the direction that photography is going. If you look at Flickr, the iPhone is the most popular camera being used today, and yeah. they've just they've jumped into that arena like any good business should. So that's a good thing. Um, they're two very different audiences, and there's going to be some crossover, and they may merge at some point in the future, but that's a long long way off yet. They didn't want to simplify Lightroom because if you look back to Lightroom 6.2 when they tried to redo the import dialogue and <laughs> right. the, the absolute chaos that resulted because every, well, existing Lightroom users have got used to the interface. They like it the way it is. They don't want it to be simplified and changed. But new users coming to Lightroom are completely overwhelmed by the amount of features in it and the complexity of it. So they were looking to do a simpler version. But that doesn't mean they're going to get rid of the traditional version we've all used for years. Um, so they're just two different apps for two different audiences. You've got 
the cloud-based that gives you access to your photos everywhere. You've got the power of all of the editing tools, but without all the complications complexity and complications of trying to manage all of the files and all the catalogs and trying to merge merge things back and forth and so forth or you've still got like classic which is traditional file management which is well suited to advanced photographers and high volume photographers it's just two different audiences um, and i ended up putting up a diagram and charts on my website um, uh, which basically kind of try and guide you to which version is going to suit you best. And for a lot of existing Lightroom users, that's going to be Lightroom Classic, at least for the foreseeable future. Perfect. Right. It, it, it was something that I did. I mean, I was worried about it too. When I heard that it was named Classic, I thought, well, that means like next year it's gone. But oh. <laughs> but yeah, probably not. Like you said, they're they're in, in this to make money, make business. And they've heard from all those photographers anyway. They've heard all that feedback. So I don't think there's any way it's that quick that they're going to do anything oh, yeah. like that. <laughs> I've, I've talked to all of the product managers. I've seen some of what's coming down the line. There's nothing to worry about here. Excellent. That is the, uh, that's one of the reasons I love having you on the show, Victoria, is having the, the connection to those product managers. It's awesome to be able to have that insight. All right. Uh, question number two. Another massive concern that I've had, we've alluded to this already, um, is the always cloud sync kind of stuff that's going on with Lightroom CC. And it, it just prevents me from being able to, I'm, I'm one of those high volume photographers. I'm not really that high, but it's high enough. I, there's no way that I can use uh, the all new Lightroom CC because I can't sync every photo to the cloud for a couple of reasons, the volume, but also the bandwidth it's going to take. Uh, I have bandwidth caps, so I can't have uh, all of my photos uploaded to the cloud all the time. Um, so how are photographers who are worried about the, the use of the all new Lightroom CC, uh, do you think there's any hope that they're going to get the capability to choose which photos they're going to be able to sync to the cloud? I think there's a very good chance down the, down the line that we'll get selective sync. I would think it probably won't be for a while because there will be other priorities. You know, mm. there's an awful lot of features that people want in Lightroom CC and these things don't happen overnight. Uh, so... I think we'll probably see it at some point, but not yet. Um, so for people who've got slow internet or who don't want their photos in the cloud or who want to be able to manage all the files locally or who have far too many photos, you know, they're going out and shooting 10,000 photos in a weekend because they're shooting some kind of event. It's not for them. Right. Classic is, is the right program for them. Um, there is going to be some kind of overlap, though, that you can start to dabble your feet in the water and and start to play with Lightroom CC. And at some point in the future, you might decide to switch. There might come that crossover point, but it doesn't mean you have to do anything right now. This is this is a version one release. It's very very early days. Right. That's absolutely true. And along the same lines, we had a couple listeners um, ask kind of. How can they make the two apps work together if they if they can? It's it's two separate worlds like we've talked about already, but is there a way to try to make them at least play nicely together where you could maybe use classic CC on your computer at home or and and have the storage, the file management, all the things that we've we've talked about, and then maybe when you're out on the road, you can use light, the all new Lightroom CC and kind of have them sync together. Yeah, they haven't made it easy. It's not a workflow that they're officially recommending. 
Um, but there are ways. So you can, for example, have Lightroom Classic on your desktop computer where you that's your home base, that's where you manage all your files, but you can use Lightroom CC on your mobile devices or use it on your laptop, like a Lightroom mobile for laptops. That's a much easier way of being able to work on two different machines than trying to use import and export catalogs, which can get quite complicated over time. Yeah, um, There are a few gotchas. Because they're not adding new features, uh, new sync features to Lightroom Classic, there are some things that don't sync. So you can add loads and loads of wonderful keywords in the mobile apps or in the Lightroom CC desktop app, those won't get back to your Lightroom Classic catalog. So there's there's a few little bits and pieces like that um, that you just need to be aware of to try and avoid some of the problems. I've detailed them all in the sync chapter in my Lightroom Classic book because it's a list that's likely to carry on growing <laughs> over time. Yes, it is. Um, but it is possible. So the simplest way of doing it is to add your photos to Lightroom Classic on your desktop, set them to sync, and that will sync smart previews up to the cloud, and they don't count towards your 20 gig storage space. So you could have every single photo you've ever shot up in the cloud of smart previews and accessible and editable in Lightroom CC on the other apps. Where it starts to fall apart a little bit is if you start adding um, a load of originals on, say, your laptop on Lightroom CC, it then wants to upload all of those originals up to the cloud. It will download them into Lightroom Classic, but they get stuck in the cloud and you've only got 20 gig of space. And then it gets a little bit complicated trying to clear out your cloud space um, to be able to add more photos. So that's where it starts to fall apart a little bit, unless you upgrade your storage space to a terabyte. Right. Okay, so you you do it through collections. That's the only way in Classic to get them synced to the cloud, right? Yeah, or you can drag and drop them to the all synced photographs collection in the oh, catalog panel. Okay, okay. So you, you do that on the desktop, and that'll get your smart previews available to you in CC wherever you might be using it, on your mobile phone or on your laptop or whatever it might be. Yep. And then then the challenge is getting them back. If you're going to put, say, you, you have your laptop with you out in the field someplace on a trip or wherever you're at, and you use Lightroom CC there and you sync the photos, the 20 gig limit is, is the normal limit unless you upgrade your storage. And then, though, but those will sync back to your desktop through a collection. Is that how, or you'd have to use CC back on the desktop? No, they go straight back into your classic catalog if you've got sync turned on. So, just like we've worked for the last two or three years with Lightroom Mobile, if you added photos to your phone, they would suddenly appear in Lightroom Classic on your desktop as the originals. So, that still works exactly the same way through Lightroom CC on a laptop as well. And they, they show up in the all synced collection? Yep. Okay. That's it. So you could potentially uh, grab the photo from there and then what you, if you moved it somewhere else on your desktop with that, that's where you're saying it's hard to get it. So it's removed out of the cloud storage. Yeah. The trick is to remove it from the all synced photographs collection. Okay. So it will stay in the all photographs, but it gets removed from sync. So it gets removed from the cloud. If you then wanted to sync it again, you'd just add it back to sync. Once it had finished syncing, then it'll upload the smart preview. But it's trying to get your head around that little <laughs> bit of workflow that's a little bit more complicated than it should be. Right, 
it is. All right. So that's there's some guidance, listeners. I hope that's going to help you in trying to figure out how to use the both of them together. Um, and boy, it's it just makes it tough for me. I'd, I'd love to use CC more, but that storage is just a problem. And I, there's no way I'm going to go pay to, <laughs> to have the expanded storage. It's too much every month to do that. All right. Let's move on. Number number three, the next question. Uh, let's talk a little about performance of Lightroom, which oh, t- all of our listeners, this is the number one topic that everyone wants to ask about is how to make it work faster because it just feels t- way too slow for them. And uh, so I, I've done a lot of testing of all the night Lightroom CC, and I just love the speed of that new application. And I'm looking, I really wish it were more of an option for me to go over there. Um, for me, though, I do have a workflow that makes Lightroom Classic CC, and we're talking about version 7.1 as we record this episode, that actually works really well for me. And to me, it comes down to uh, really the preview management. How it is that you are using previews has a whole lot to do with how fast uh, Lightroom is and the relative performance. But you also have to have uh, a decent computer. Uh, SSD drive really helps, uh, good CPU, lots of RAM. There's some features and some some things that really help. And I have some articles out on uh, improvephotography.com that are pretty dated, but still apply, unfortunately. It's from 2015, and not much has changed since that time on kind of what is the best way to, to make it all work. Um, so I'm going to go over some tips in our upcoming create photography retreat that's kind of near the end of March in South Carolina to talk through this. And I'm going to do a very specific episode on explaining previews and and what they do and and how to use them in an upcoming photo taco episode. Um, But just kind of, uh, I'm not sure how to say it. Well, I want you to talk, Victoria, about the workflow and the decision trees in your book, because I think that could really help people, especially if they want to learn more about this before any of those things with the, the upcoming Photo Taco episode. Just if you go buy the Victoria's book, there's some really good help on workflow and decision trees that will help Lightroom perform better. Can you walk through that a little bit? Yeah, in in an ideal world, everything would just work. But there's a lot of variables and photo editing taxes, even the best computers, especially when you've got big sensors. But in Classic, we do have a lot of control over what we do. So we can help it out by selecting the best preferences and previews. So in the book, there's a whole chapter on performance, and it's by far the most popular chapter (laughs) because everyone has this problem. And I've tried to simplify it as far as possible, but there are lots of diagrams showing exactly how Lightroom decides which previews to build and which ones to load at any one time so you can figure out which ones you need. And figuring out your priorities means you can make the best decisions. For example, if you only select your favorites using thumbnails and grid view and then you switch to the develop module, there's absolutely no point wasting time building one-to-one size previews because they're not going to get used. Whereas if you need to zoom into one-to-one in the library module to check sharpness, um, you're best off doing it in the library module because it can load a pre-rendered preview rather than having to load the original file. And you might want to use the embedded previews that um, the camera captures in the raw files uh, to save time actually building the previews there and then. So there's, there's a number of these different things you can do. There's various different caches that you can change the size of. Again, all depending on your workflow to pick and choose and, and get the best you, pe- best you can out of your computer. Yeah, they're super helpful. It's kind of how I came to the workflow I've got 
uh, was reading through your book, and it was before even the latest release. It was the previous release of, of for Lightroom Six, where I read through it. I saw the uh, the workflows and the decision trees, and that helped me to figure out how it is for my my workflow process when I need to build previews, what kinds of previews, um, so that. I spent the time when I needed it and wasn't wasting the time. Unfortunately, it feels to me like the defaults, um, it, it leads to a lot of people wasting their time on the import process. So there's some good help there is, is kind of the overall point that I, I think is really super valuable in your book. Thank you. I love I love understanding exactly how things are going on under the covers and figure out exactly what's, what's, what it's doing um, to be able to make those kind of decisions. Perfect. All right. Question four. So while we're on the topic of Lightroom performance, there's an update of Lightroom Classic CC coming. We've been told um, from 7.1 to 7.2. There's not any time frame that I know of unless you can tell me one. Victoria. Oh, I can't tell you that. <laughs> I didn't think so. It is soon. All right. It's coming soon. But Adobe's already told us they did make a, a public announcement that they're working really closely with Intel on it to uh, to get some performance improvements in there. So I know you can't tell us the date and you probably can't tell us a lot of detail, but what can you tell us about what we should expect in 7.2? So there is some very good stuff to come. Um, there's been a really horrible bug for a long time now, which particularly on Windows, mainly on powerful machines, Lightroom just slowed down over time. And some people were having to restart the computers every five or 10 minutes to, to be able to use Lightroom, which is just ridiculous. And they seem to have finally cracked that one. Well, we won't know for sure until it's out there in the <laughs> right. world and, and thousands and millions of people have actually tried it. But so far, that one's looking really good. So if you were to run an export after you'd immediately, uh, immediately after you'd started Lightroom and you tried it again half an hour later, the bug was causing the one half an hour later to run so much slower. And that's now the same speed. So that one looks good. Um, they're also making much better use of additional cores and RAM in computers, which should speed up import, preview generation, stepping through the images in loop view, um, rendering the edits in develop, um, batch merging HDR and panoramic pictures, and export. So there's some really good improvements here, but this is not a magic bullet. It's not going to fix absolutely everything. It's another step in the right direction. Um, I've never seen them as focused. Uh, so this is this is really good news and really good progress. And I think helps, again, reassure that they're, they're spending all this time and effort trying to improve Classic means it's not on its way out. They wouldn't bother if it was. So I think this is really good news. Yeah, that is very good news. I'm excited to try it out. I'm one of those users that experienced this problem. Although it does seem to have been way better for me, at least, on my current Windows desktop than it had been. They, they released something, boy, it was a while, a few releases back where they thought they'd fixed this already. And for me, it did. So, so that's oh, good. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I was having the problem in my solution. Well, yeah, I just had to close it every, I don't know, like half hour or so and reopen it and then it would be okay. Again. <laughs> and that was frustrating, but uh, at least I had a, a kind of a way to go. And now it's been fine for the last few releases. I haven't had any trouble where it's slowing down over time. Um, yeah. Well, hopefully in time, they'll manage to fix all of these issues. For right. Everybody. And I feel for them, you know, I, I'm a developer. I've, I've created lots of, of uh, business applications. I work for a bank in my day job. 
Um, and I very recently had to deal with a whole bunch of, uh, it's called concurrency, multi-threading kinds of uh, programming problems. That is not easy stuff. That is really, really hard to make that work right. And with the complexity of what the classic Lightroom Classic is, I feel for them. I feel for the developers trying to, to narrow that down and, and find what the issue is. But it's still, they, that's the product. That's why they get paid what they do to, to make this stuff work. So hopefully they can. <laughs> All right. Number five. Um, this may be a pretty tough question. We'll see. With all the time that you spent helping photographers with Lightroom, I would like to get from you kind of one piece of advice that you you have for, for most photographers where they maybe know their way around, but it's something that they may not immediately know. Maybe something that they kind of miss because it's not uh, immediately obvious in the application itself how to do it or what to do. And I'll give you an example of what I'm looking for here. So, and this has made a massive difference for me. It's, it has to do with keyboard shortcuts, which is a really simple tip. Um, and it's something that Victoria has a good guide for out on her website. And there, there'll be a link to that guide in the show notes on the, on, uh, the, the, uh, keyboard shortcuts. And you, if you can't find the link or you don't want to go to the show notes, you can just do a Google search like Lightroom queen space keyboard shortcuts and it comes right up. Anyway, I do my calling in the library module, and it's again because of how the previews are built, and I want to have it take advantage of the JPEG previews that are embedded in the RAW files, and, uh, and that way I get much better performance. And so in the library module, by default, you kind of end up in the loop view, and um, that's hard to do calling with because there's these there's small thumbnails, and you can change the size of them, but it's it can be a little challenging, especially because you want to see a, a bunch at once, and then you might want to say, well, between these two, I want to see which one I like better and I need, but I need to see it bigger. So there's, there's keyboard shortcuts to switch between loop view and what's the other view called? It's uh, uh, when it shows the one image, what's that called? Yeah, that's the loop view. Oh, grid view. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> grid, grid view, view and loop yes. view. There we go. Okay. <laughs> I couldn't remember all of a sudden. Anyway, so grid view is what you're in by default. And um, to, so to, to kind of see the one image, you hit the E key, which is a little weird, but the other keys are kind of used. So E is the one that was available for loop. And so you hit E and the, the one photo that you're on now takes up the whole, the whole application. So you can see all of it um, in, in more detail there. And then to get back, you just hit G again, and now I can see all of them. So I can flip back and forth between those two views, see the information I want to make my calling decisions, and it's really saving a ton of time to be able to do it that way. So Victoria, any tricks like that kind of similarity there that you would share with uh, photographers? Okay, little hidden ones. So you mentioned sharpening earlier. If you try the Alt key or Opt key on a Mac, it shows all sorts of hidden stuff. So sharpening... If you hold down the Alt or Opt key while you're moving the slider, it will show a mask of that sharpening slider. Um, in the basic tone panel, um, the exposure or highlights or shadows, then it shows the clipping masks. Or in split toning, when you're moving the hue slider, it turns the saturation right up temporarily so you can see exactly which color you're selecting. And this Alt key works all over the place. So in all of the develop panels, if you hold down the Alt or Opt key, it changes the section header to a reset button from just for that section of the panel. Or in the quick develop panel in the library module, it changes the clarity and vibrance buttons to sharpening and saturation, which is really useful when you're making relative adjustments over loads of different pictures. So that Alt key can be used all over the place in Lightroom to show up extra bit, extra hidden bits that you wouldn't otherwise find. 
perfect. I, I know, I mean, I've used it a ton and only because I was told about it. There's not really a good way to just discover it yourself in the UI, but, but I've, I was told about it and use it on the sharpening in particular. That's, uh, I, you can't do sharpening very well without using that in my opinion. So, um, so that's good. I, some of the others I, I didn't, I've never actually even tried on some of them like quick develop. I actually don't use quick develop that much, but that's good to know that those, those buttons could change. Maybe that's one of the reasons I haven't used it much because uh, I need sharpening and saturation available to me. Quick develops actually a really handy panel. Um, although you'd re- immediately look at it and think, oh, that's just a quick way of bumping up the exposure on a picture when I'm viewing it in the library module. If you've got a whole bunch of pictures selected and you've maybe finished editing them, so they're all at different settings, and you decide they're all a little bit dark, if you were to sync settings in the develop module, it would sync that, say you changed it to plus one exposure, it would sync plus one exposure to each of the pictures. Whereas if you use the quick develop panel, it will add plus one to whatever the current settings are. So you can make relative adjustments that way. So it's really handy when you finished editing, if you think, oh, I just, I just should have changed that slightly. You can do it across the board without wiping out your edits. I did notice that when I read your the new book, uh, which was something I didn't know. And that's a really good advice. White balance is one of those things in particular that um, I usually need to tweak it just a little. But especially if you used auto white balance, then the white balance setting on each photo could be different. And if you want to change all of them at once to just a little bit different, like you decided that you actually kind of graded it to a, a be a little bit overly uh, yellow, then you could go there to the quick develop module and change all of them to to make them so they're not quite so yellow more more towards the blue end that's awesome i i haven't ever used that but now that's going to be a tool i have that's great perfect (laughs) tips that's what i was looking for all right final question and then we'll end this episode um i want to talk about two or three favorite new features that came with Lightroom Classic CC because they they did release a couple of new things that are uh, are very good and you know with the initial release actually it just didn't even work for me um, at very first with that first release the performance of it was bad enough and there were issues uh, with it even just like freezing that I had I couldn't go with it but then with the the patch that came pretty quick within a couple of weeks uh, then it, then it was all okay again so but um, I'm really excited because I, I get to use these new features and the one that I had heard about and read about when it was released and then was so disappointed when I was having trouble uh, was range masking. And this is a really cool feature that's going to save me a lot of time and probably save me some trips into Photoshop where I was needing to go to Photoshop to do this same sort of thing in the past. So what range masking does, you have luminance and color range masking. but And the luminance is the one I like the very best. I don't do a lot with color masking, masking based on colors, but I do a, a ton on wanting to make adjustments to specific parts in the photo that have a particular luminosity or brightness, relative brightness. And uh, with the radial gradient filters, as well as the adjustment brush, you have this new thing that is range masking. So to do this, you uh, it, it, this feature, you put the filter or paint with the adjustment brush on the photo. And now in the panel there that comes up with the mask, you have a new range mask dropdown. It's kind of the very bottom of that mask panel. And you pick luminance or color there, and it will expand the panel um, if you pick luminance to show uh, range and smoothness sliders. And then you can play around with those and make it so that your 
mask that you just applied either with the radial or graduated fil gradient filters or with the adjustment brush will only affect certain luminosity values. You can kind of rein that in. You kind of could do this in the past with an adjustment brush and auto masking. It would kind of try to detect some edges as you went around and were painting with the uh, the adjustment brush. But this is, uh, it's way faster to be able to do it. You don't have to be so careful in trying to paint where the adjustment brush is. You can just quickly brush over where the general area and then use this range um, masking with luminosity values to kind of just select what it is you actually want to have be affected by the adjustment brush or those other filters. It's a huge time saver and I, I really love it. I, I, the, the biggest thing that I've been using it for is painting with the adjustment brush over an area where there's a lot of noise and shadows. And now I don't have to be super careful. I can just paint over the area and I can change the luminosity mask of that adjustment brush to only select the darkest of the shadows. And I can apply way a lot more noise reduction in there. It's, it's fabulous. I really love this new feature. And it's a big reason to change to upgrade to Lightroom Classic CC just to get that one feature. Very good feature. What do you think? What is your favorite stuff that came in at Victoria? Yeah, I think range mask definitely has to be up there. I'm also really impressed with auto. I never thought I'd say that. <laughs> um, they've they've completely reworked it. It's all uh, working on artificial intelligence. It was trained by professional to uh, professional photographers editing tens of thousands of photos. And it's not perfect, but more frequently than not, it seems to be a decent starting point for, for editing now. Um, and it's unlike the old one, which was very hit and miss, to say the least. Um, this one's sensitive to any existing crop or white balance adjustments you've already made. So whereas before, if your white balance was way off, that could make the auto adjustments way off too. It's now taking that into account. So yeah, it seems to be working an awful lot better. Yeah, that's great. I, I, so you're not talking, I, I thought you were saying when, when we were kind of in the, in the show notes, we were having this subject, I thought you were talking about with respect to white balance. I had it happen a lot where like, if I wanted to check out what auto would do, and I'd already made some changes, then it would wipe out what I had done with white balance in particular, kind of reset it back. And it, it so I, I couldn't use it because it, it wasn't doing a good job with that. And it seems like that's smarter with, with regard to that too now. Maybe it's just because it's doing a better job with guessing on white balance anyway. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's actually changing the white balance at all. Okay. So yes, you're yes, you're right. All right, very good. So the auto AI. So And that seems to be something that there's a big emphasis on, at least in Lightroom CC now. There's a Sensei and there's, there's a lot of features they're working on with AI. Um, I mean, we didn't have this in the show notes, so but the, the question there would be any chance that more of that's going to come to Classic? I doubt it. <laughs> I didn't think so either. It, it, I mean, it's possible. Um, it, they've obviously included Auto, which is has some AI, but, um, AI basis, but a lot of the Sensei stuff is being done in the cloud. So right. it kind of assumes that you're going to have to put your pictures up in the cloud for them to be able to run that um so i think it's more likely that will be focused in cc yeah yeah and i think that makes sense again too because the computing power and the the uh, ai engines that they're building putting that inside the classic app would be a, a pretty good challenge where in the cloud they have a lot more freedom to approach that problem in a unique way uh, not being constrained to the desktop computer so that's classic users can make use of it of course by syncing photos up to the cloud and then using the lightroom right. web interface 
you can use that to if you're looking for pictures of cats you can uh, have all the pictures synced up there and then use the web interface to search for your cats put them in a collection and the collection would sync back down into classic perfect all right very good well um that's all we have time for on this episode and i hope you all enjoyed it thank you again victoria for joining me i really appreciate it that you've become a bit of a, a legend in the photo talker listeners group whenever i say i'm about to record with victoria there's all kinds of likes on that post so oh thank you so that's that's great how can the listeners find you uh, my website is the best bet, so that's lightroomqueen.com. You'll find me on Facebook and Twitter and all over the place, various forums, um, but the but the website is, is the most reliable place. All right, perfect. I'll put a link to that in the show notes, but it's pretty easy, lightroomqueen.com. Very simple to put that in and go there. I'll also put links to, her, uh, to Victoria's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram accounts if you're interested in going to any of those. And I encourage all of you Photo Talk listeners to go to lightroomqueen.com and bookmark the site. It's an incredible resource to help you learn how to use Lightroom better. There's even a, there's a feature there we haven't talked at all on this episode about, which is the forums that are out there. And so if you're having a particular challenge, it's a good place to go and be able to, to post your challenge. I'd say go to Adobe's and post it too, though. Make sure that Adobe hears what your concerns are or if you're having problems, because they have engineers that are going through that. And Victoria herself is going through that all all the time over there at uh, feedback.photoshop.com. All right. As a quick reminder, you can suggest topics for the show through the Improved Photography Podcast Facebook group, through Instagram by messaging at phototacopodcast or email where the address is phototacopodcast at gmail.com. No questions are too basic or too complicated for the show. If I don't know the answer to the question, I will see about bringing an expert guest like Victoria on to go through it. Also, be sure to take some time and head over to the mothership that makes all of this possible, the Improved Photography Network. You go over to improvephotography.com where there's constantly new gear, photo tip articles, great content produced every single day. If you're a photographer, it should be a daily visit to improvephotography.com. It is the best way to improve your photography. Views expressed on this program by independent host guests and callers do not necessarily reflect their views of improved photography LLC or its advertisers. Some links mentioned on this program are affiliate links where a commission is earned. Olay!